1: fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. My name is Laura Gordine, and you're
2: listening to the
0: Honest Actors Podcast. Hi, I'm Jonathan Harden. You're listening to the Honest Actors Podcast, and I find myself once again in the studio about to press admit on Zoom. So give me a sec. Laura. Laura, Laura, did you hear me?
2: Hi. <laughs> how are you doing? Good, how are you?
0: Yes, I cannot complain. Why would I complain? Okay, so at this point, Laura and I had a chat around lockdown, around Black Lives Matter and all sorts of other stuff which I'm going to skip and put out next week. I didn't feel it was fair on Laura and fair on you guys if I put out a lockdown kind of chat with someone you hadn't met before. So all the other lockdown chats that have been put out, Denise Goff, uh, Tom Goodman-Hill, Isaiah Johnson, all the others have been with someone you've met before. This one I felt should be the same. So you're going to meet Laura today, and then next week I'm going to put out the lockdown chat. So... Bear with me, I'm going to skip the first hour of this and dive right into the traditional honest actors chat. It's my little claps, right? Okay, so first of all, how did you get into acting? I should say, I know, I've known you well. uh, I say known in a kind of passing way, truth be told. But for a long time, I know nothing about any of this. So it's usually I have an idea because I've known people a bit and stuff. This is interesting to me because I don't know. So how did you get into acting, Laura Gordain?
2: Um, I started out in my church musicals. Um, I was Toto in The Wizard of Oz when I was three. And so I did musicals and was in my high school musical um, as Maria. And then high school musical and stuff. Did a little bit in college, but not that much. And then afterwards, I did an apprenticeship at the Williamstown Theater Festival and loved it and came home and told my parents. What age were you then? um, 22. Right. And came home, told my parents, this is what I want to do. I want to be an actress. And my parents were like... (laughs) Because I was a history major in college, I didn't
0: major in theater. This is, you're like you're a, you're a late bloomer, right? You know, like a lot yeah. of a lot of people, a lot of accountants out there were in their church plays. A lot of a um, lot of barristers and you know uh, supermarket workers have been in theater and ch- ch- as children. But like you're 22, you've been through all that. Have not done anything really. Not had not not crossed your mind at any point before that that this is something you want to do professionally. Right? I
2: mean. Right. I, you know, in my elementary school yearbook or something where you listed what you wanted to do as like your career, I listed, um, actress, teacher, cocktail waitress and president.
0: But you did, she so so did have a sense of wanting to be president that stage and also actor. Yeah.
2: Yes. Like
0: a Ronald Reagan president then.
2: Right, and at right. some point I did like him because he liked jelly beans. So okay. I need uh, to admit that. But I'm not sure
0: that's a recommendation. But don't,
2: don't tell anyone. Yeah, I won't. Um, so I came home, told them that, and my parents were like, uh, that's nice, but you need um, healthcare and like a job job. So
0: That's a fair point. In America, things are different, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. So I... Got a job working at the district attorney's office as a paralegal and sort of put that on hold and thought about law school, took the test, the LSAT, and didn't do that well, was going to take it again and decided, you know what, I I don't think this is what I want to do and thought about drama school to get my master's. And the other, um, my bosses at my job were like, Laura, you should go to drama school. You could always be an attorney later. So I told my parents that I wanted to go to drama school. My mother, she was like, okay, Laura, she was trepidatious. But my mother went to the High School of Performing Arts. Your mother's acting. very
0: hard to read, may I just say. <laughs> she's very hard to read. Okay, Laura. What is she? What? I don't know. What? what? Is she? Yes. Right. Is, is that dismissive? Is that like, she's hard. <laughs> she is hard to read, your mother.
2: But she, so she was supportive. Right. In part because she went to the High School of Performing Arts. Right. So Which, which later became LaGuardia right um so she went there for acting so she she understood she had the bug yes she became a teacher but she had the bug my dad was a lifelong attorney so
0: he's like "Mm -hmm."
2: right and he always felt like if you became a lawyer you could do anything with your career yeah which is what he did so he was supportive too. they were both really supportive, actually. So I went to grad school and got my MFA, and it was a three-year program. So I graduated, and I thought, like, oh, I would hit the ground running, um, but I didn't. In part because my grad school showcase, um, not many agents or managers showed up to the showcase, which was kind of demoralizing, um, and it was. Harder than I thought, and I knew it was going to be hard, but it was harder than I thought. And so I was working. Um, I started working at night. Well, I was working during the day, and then I started working at night to audition during the day. And I've been at the DA's office ever since, which has been forever.
0: You've done the you've done the whole story there, right? But I, it's it's not as straightforward as that. It never is. Your expectations before your showcase where you were going to get an agent, that you were going to arrive on the scene, there was going to be a modicum of excitement, and yes. that and that you were going to announce yourself to, first of all, Broadway, and then the wider world. That I mean, it, I, I'm I'm being flippant, but you, did you expect that you would find a route to making a living from acting that meant you never had to be a paralegal again, and where mm. you would get some level of financial reward and maybe even recognition.
2: Yes, I thought that I would probably be working and I put this in giant quotation marks, working a real job for a couple of years and and then be able to and then I'd start getting acting gigs and acting jobs and soon and and then building um, an acting career and start to feel like move from saying I'm an actor <laughs> with a giant uh, question. Upward mark,
0: intonation right
2: yep. <laughs> to I'm an actor and this is what I do for a living. And it would and then really feeling like this was that it was a living and yeah. something that I was, and I knew it's not a consistent life. Yeah. But hoping to make it as consistent as I could.
0: No, I um, I met you as an actor, so I met you yeah, as someone in who in
2: 2010. Yeah.
0: Fuck. So someone who'd come to great? come to London, um, at the behest of Kevin Spacey. Uh, yes, and uh, less than if I of the better, but that you came to stay with us, <clears throat> and you were an actor from New York, and I think in my naivety at that point I thought, as Brona did, that the system in the states was like the one in the UK, and I kind of, I say stumbled in it. I didn't stumble in, but I didn't train, and I and I had just worked, mm. at working and been found it difficult, but had, had got there. And when I met you guys and Bruna met you guys and she was coming home and talking to me and going, oh my God, Americans have it so hard that it's so much more difficult to get in a foot mm-hmm. in the door in the States. Um, that I wonder then, is that what you put it down to? The fact that, and it's fair to say that, hasn't worked that way for me either, but it's fair to say that's not what happened to you. Do you put it down to the system that the system is more difficult? That the unions are more closed. That there is more competition. That there are fewer parts, perhaps, or there have been historically much many like much fewer parts. what's the grammatically correct way to say that? Just far there
2: are fewer far, parts.
0: Far, yeah. far fewer. That'll be it. Yeah, but, far fewer. There are far fewer parts for actors of color. Yeah. Female, right? So what what do you yeah. put what do you put it down to? What's your I mean that's a, that's a whole yeah. big list of things. Do you have Do you have a thing in your head that that when you're feeling like ah oh, this isn't for me I should go and do something else that you?
2: I think there's I think part of my narrative has been that um, one it's an incredibly difficult business we all know in general it's a incredibly different difficult business to break into. Yeah. Like, across the board. Yeah. Then, it's incredibly difficult to break into as a woman. Um, Then, as a person of color, which I am particularly going to say, More and more, I'm going to say black, Um, but I don't mean like in this instance, I mean as a black person, but in terms of how I identify black, but, um, and I think, I do think that body image also plays a role, Um, the size plays a role. Being bigger, um, curvy. Even though I think for the list, well, I won't get into that. Um, plays a role, and then that's also maybe something that I've internalized that's also held me back. Um, so whether it's the outside world actually caring, or or me thinking that they care and so I've auditioned less Mm -hmm. um I can't say I don't know um but I think I definitely know in terms of the roles that I've I've seen like the audition notices like some of the audition notices have been like you know nanny and You know, it's just some of the, they're just limiting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, You know, a grad school teacher, we were going, he asked us what some of our dream roles were. And he was going down the line. And I remember thinking like at the time that I was more familiar with film roles than theater. So I was trying to come up with one. So he gets to me and I took a second. And so he jumped on the second that I took and he goes, I know. Sealy from the color purple. I was like, I was like, "Mm, no. no." I I mean, she's great. She's a great
0: character. But Batman, I was thinking Batman, but you know, whatever. <laughs> right.
2: I was, no, Ace Ventura, maybe? No. Um, I, uh, I was like, I was like, um, I don't know. I was thinking maybe Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He was like, oh. Okay, so what about you? Like, <laughs> you just. Just,
0: you know. So, what's, to get into the usual run of these things, if you could pick one job that you've done that you're most proud of, that you'd like to do things more like that, or that you've enjoyed more than others, or that you feel, I don't know, a sense that that's the closest you've got to an ideal role, or the kind of work you want to do, or, I don't know, however you want to define it for yourself. What, Job, do you think might be at the top of that list?
3: Hmm.
2: taking a
0: really long time. I was about to interrupt that for a word from our sponsors. Um, No, but it's fine (laughs) to take a long time. And like, it's also fine. Like if you go, do you know what? There hasn't been one that is the the ideal role or there hasn't been one that is something that I'm like, yep, really excited about. Like, I guess that that what that question presupposes is that you've done something that you're like, yeah, that was, that was, that was me. That was great.
2: Right. I would say I'm. Um, I don't know. I I don't know because I've had like wonderful experiences on yeah. in plays and because of the cast and the rehearsal process. Um, in terms of the role. I know what one of my dream roles would be. Go I don't for it. know. I would love to play Beatrice in Much Ado About Nothing.
0: So that's out there now. Um, yeah.
2: Um, but in terms of... I don't know. I feel like I have to get back to you on that. But I feel like I have to get... It's like I have um, theater amnesia.
0: Yeah, that happens sometimes in lockdown. Because, you know, theatre doesn't exist anymore.
2: <laughs> you know, it's a yeah. thing, right? Remember you know remember I mean? theatre?
0: No, I honestly no. don't. What oh, was it? Is no, it?
2: I, yeah. I don't.
0: Um, do you enjoy auditions?
2: No, I don't. Mm-mm.
0: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get doesn't get more clear than that. That's pretty clean cut. Uh, do,
2: right.
0: you, do you agonize over them beforehand or afterwards? Like, which is worse, the fear going in or the uh, all-consuming regret going out?
2: um the fear of going in and what I what is find, that fear um it's it's the fear of i actually find so i'm i get really nervous it's similar to but it's actually the It might even be the audition itself, because I find that my brain sometimes has like, sometimes just goes blank. And it's almost like when I played the piano, I played since I was five. And it's sometimes when I've played in public, I get so nervous that um, I'll forget some notes. And like, these are notes that I've played forever. And I'm so, I become so self-conscious that the notes just escape me. So what happens in auditions, in some auditions, is, you know, beforehand, I'm, I'm pretty good at memorizing material, fortunately. Sometimes I could just see the the words on the page and I'm good, but um, yeah, so I'm pretty good at memorizing material, but obviously there's so much more to um, prepping for an audition than that. But beforehand, you know, you're in a room, see the other people there, then you're judging yourself, you're judging what you bring to the space, or I am, I can't speak for anyone else. And I'm working on that. Um, You know, I'm working on like thinking of my own gifts and blah, 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 blah. And trying not to compare myself and all that jazz. The the part that I enjoy, I will say something positive. The part that I enjoy is, and I wish could last longer, is right when you're about to enter the room and you're just talking to them for a second. Do you, like,
0: do you like the chat? Oh, no, I fucking yeah. hate, I hate the chat. I was going to start a campaign, like stop, stop the chat. Like, you know, just no more chat. Like, I can't remember what, I think it was Arsher came up with a really good name for it way back in like series two or something. But I, I, am, a, I am an anti-chat actor. I don't want your chat. I really don't want
2: your chat. It's the part that I enjoy because that's the part I think I'm good at. Because it's the part that feels natural that, that I'm natural with. Like, oh, I, I mean, love talking not, to people. They might they might hate it, but like, you know, I do have the switch where I'm like, this is too much. You know, I'm not. No, but I'm not. That's um, not even I'm it. Turning my, it on.
0: That's not even it. My my thing about it is like, if I met those people in the bar, I'm not saying I don't want to talk to those people. Not in a bar, I'd be like, or outside at the foyer of a theater, I'd chat away if they wanted to, if they didn't, fine. They're right. loss. They're loss. Right. But it's in the context of, you've prepped, you're in the zone, you're out there, you're trying not to look at the other actors. Right. you are looked on your script, you've hidden your script in right. your bag. No, I you, get it. You don't want the other actors to see that you need your script. You're playing all those shitty mind games with everybody else. And then you right. go in and you're like ready to do it. And they go, so, um, and they ask you a question that you're not, ex- I have actually struggled to remember the name of, somebody I've just worked with and they say oh who directed that and it's literally just like two weeks ago and I'll be like because uh, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm thinking about your fucking script I don't, <laughs> don't want to talk <laughs> about the, the. so the auditions I've always enjoyed the most and I, when I very rarely as I do direct things the way I conduct auditions is just come in and go let's do it let's get up on our feet and do it no sitting down with a script no, I, that's my kind of audition but
2: well, I don't really. I mean, the part like, I really mean, like, the moment where you just walk in and say hello and how are you doing? That moment.
0: Oh, you can do that. Just, you can do that in a grocery just, store.
2: Just humanizes things for me a little bit and it eases my nerves. Yeah. And then I could, and then I could start. Right. When I, just for that, you know, I've had like a few television auditions when it's just been that one person and I have that moment. And then I walk in and it's like a sea of people. (laughs) I'm like, Oh God. And then they look like ice cold and often that they want to be, um, you know, poking their eyes out with a hot pitchfork rather than be in that room. I long for the moment where it's just like a decent human being who's maybe smiled.
0: Yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, You
2: know,
0: I can't do both. I can't, I can't be in the room for your chat and in the room for your audition. I just can't. Mm -hmm. I've tried and I can't. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: How important do you think talent is versus luck? If if at two ends of a scale, this particular scale is talent and luck, and there's a um, slider, where does the slider go?
2: Um, I think the slider. It's funny. I think it kind of depends on the medium.
0: Interesting.
2: A, l- a little bit. Interesting. Um, I haven't thought about this before. In theater, a little bit, I think the talent slider is a little bit higher.
0: Mm, interesting. Interesting. Not unexpected.
2: At least in the States. Yeah. In film, I think the luck slider is a little bit higher.
0: I guess it's the nature of the auditions as well, though, because usually theater auditions, they want to see you act. Yeah. And, they, and they give you a little bit more time and they want to see it, you know, how, how you're going to work. Whereas yeah. I think I think film auditions, they want to see you do one scene. Which explains so many films I've seen. Oh, you just saw him do one scene? Oh, okay. That, right. that makes sense. I just feel
2: like so, so much of it is confidence too and that is also not just in terms of like how that's conveyed on on screen or in the audition room but that's what's bringing you to the audition and for me that's what's held me back a bit Mm -hmm. um
0: And possibly why so you enjoy the chat beforehand as well.
2: Yeah, because that's where I have the confidence. Yeah. I don't, like, it's a weird mix. It's not like I doubt my, it's, it, it, there's an ebb and a flow in terms of, like, I, um. sometimes I, like, really believe in the gifts I have as an actor. And then other times I'm like, well, I'm really rusty. I could take class. But, you know, when you are an out of work after that's when you're like, I don't know if it's going to happen for me. We'll see. I don't know. And then you that's when you're full of. Self-doubt. And then it becomes a, you know, just a cycle.
0: So. Um, As someone who's currently going through his longest period without work mm-hmm. and it's not just because of lockdown in fact I worked it out as I was in the garden because I'd started asking that question again I hadn't been present enough in my own life to think about it I was like oh or maybe I was so present in my own life I wasn't thinking about that bullshit and I was in the mm-hmm. garden and I thought oh, how long has it since I've worked and I realised it was last July now a lot of people that's very lucky but for, don't forget that I'm a 40 year old white man so, you know, that's a long time for a forty year old white man not to work. Um of average height and, you know, uh weight. So I'm like, I am, you know, AN other white dad, stroke police oh. officer, stroke barrister, stroke whatever. <laughs> so it's July last year for me. Uh, which is a long time, but also I've got to the point where I don't care. Um for you, how long's the longest you've gone without any kind of acting
2: work? Um I don't know, maybe a ye- a year, but was what was hard was I was getting a bunch of TV auditions and like momentum and all this stuff where it seemed like it was happening and then and then nothing. It just got like really quiet crickets and so it's it's really hard when you don't have a clue as to what you could change. And then my agent said at some point, um, well, you need like a lawyer, a, a lawyer scene or something on your reel. I said, okay, so you should put a lawyer scene on your reel. So I said, I will. And he said that a while ago. Have I done it? No. So that's on me, right? Like, you know, what I, again, in terms of thinking, you don't want to be, I don't want to be full of regrets leaving this pandemic and be like, okay, did I accomplish stuff? And I remember early on talking to my therapist and being really stressed. Being like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. And, and she's like, well, picture one of those bridges that's made of glass
3: mm-hmm.
2: and everyone needs to get across it. How you get across it doesn't really matter. It's just that you need to get across it, right? Whether you're crawling across, walking across like it's no big deal, it doesn't matter. Like, you just you just get across it. So it was just early on, I think, when people you know people were talking about like learning new language and like learn how to cook like fifty new meals and all this like crap, where it was putting all this pressure on all these articles that were coming out, where it was putting all this pressure. Yeah, better on. better you in
0: lockdown, basically.
2: Yeah right yeah take Um, this as an
0: opportunity for self-improvement
2: right um that early on was just too intense now when it's three months later you're like okay well maybe i should have learned yeah i worked on a
0: on a new level previously a level that i thought was unattainable of cynicism so Mm -hmm. you know i've developed a whole extra tier to my how's
2: it going i'm (laughs) sure Actually I'm sure you are there's a level of fluency
0: but it's I entirely mean, fucking useless has been unemployed get easier with time Um Or does it get harder with time
2: I mean I'm so thankful that I have my job so I don't feel unemployed because I'm not Um it's constantly, you know, I wrote that, that post, that blog for, for you yep. years ago yep. of that was basically like, how do you feel like an actor when you're not acting? Um, I think it still holds true a bit, but a little less because, you know, I did a reading during this blog and it was just with, during this blog, during this, um, quarantine just with some friends through zoom um and i think i don't know whether it was the case when i did the um blog but since then since then i joined sag and equity and did the tv show and certain things where it's like okay i feel like i'm part of a club now yeah um
0: whereas yeah I, i think for a long time you felt like an outsider because that's what the american system creates yeah. I remember difficult, difficult conversations or difficult decisions being made, not necessarily by you, I don't think, but by other American actors that we knew about. If you join equity, you can't take certain kinds of work, mm-hmm. but if you don't join equity, you can't get the other kinds of work. So there's mm-hmm. a point at which you're just on the cusp of needing equity, but not quite. And you're like, I want to right. still do the, the work I'm doing, but I don't want to then run right. myself out of that. But equally, I want to do the work that I'm aspiring towards and all that stuff. And also the fact that it's so expensive in the States.
2: Yeah. And I think I pay like
0: a couple hundred quid a year for equity.
2: Yeah.
0: But the point and is, you don't have right, to be in equity to work it. in the UK, whereas in the States, you kind of have to be in the unions to work.
2: Yeah. It's, um. right. Joining SAG is, a lot of money. But it seems um, that it's,
0: it's, you know, at least if it makes you feel better, mm-hmm. that's...
2: Yeah, you know, it's, psychologically, it, it, it's definitely helped. So, in terms of being unemployed as an actor, in that sense, it's, there's nothing new. Yeah. Um,
0: but you're an unemployed SAG member, which is different. Right, right. I guess, right? Because uh, at least you can say you're in SAG. Like, that's a big, that's a yeah. big thing to be able to say. And I remember yeah. when I first joined Equity, even though it's not a, really that difficult to get into, I remember feeling really, like, legit.
2: Yeah. Like,
0: I'm legit yeah, an actor. And,
2: yeah. Um,
0: I've got a card in my wallet. Can I can prove to you I'm an the, actor. I
2: have a card in my wallet, you know. Do you know what I mean? The, like,
0: sometimes those things actually, is, as silly as they are in some ways, mean mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much. Um, has jealousy then taken hold do you do you find it difficult to celebrate? I'm sure you've made many friends over the years doing the work that you've done and doing the classes that you've done and training that mm-hmm. you've done. Do you find it hard to celebrate your peers' successes or to be happy for them um
2: yeah it's um it's it's been difficult at times yeah for sure. I, I, um, it's a concentrated effort to, because it's something I desperately want to do because I love them and I believe in their talent. And also I, be- i work very hard in knowing that they deserve the work. Yeah. And they've worked hard for it. And they've auditioned for it and they've put in the time for it and everything. But it's hard, you know, I'm human. So it's hard not to think like, oh, I wish I had gotten that. Or, be
0: nice. Yeah. You
2: know, um, I have one friend who just got, who just was on TV and had um, been on it, got like um, a bunch of episodes. And it was on a show that I had also auditioned for. Fortunately. And what helped is that we didn't audition for the same role.
3: Yeah. So I have I'm that able to lot. watch her. I have that. Yeah. A so, lot.
2: I'm, so I'm able to watch the show and just really enjoy her on the show and be happy for her. That's good. That she got this part and really um, admire, the, admire and appreciate the work that she did um, on the show. Yeah, and it's in large part because we didn't audition for the same thing. Had we auditioned for the same thing, I think it would have been really difficult. You know, if I'm being honest. Um,
0: Paul Higgins, whose interview went out this week has I said, have you um have you any ways of coping with rejection? And he said, Yeah, they're wrong. Uh-huh. And I thought that was really interesting because I've always uh-huh. struggled with I had a lot of my friends audition for the same parts as me. Sometimes they get them, sometimes I get them. I cannot watch I haven't seen most of my friends acting things because if I've auditioned for the same thing, I can't watch it. Uh-huh. I can't because I know it'll make me sad. Uh-huh. And there's no point. Uh-huh. It won't, make, it won't make me feel any better about myself. That much is true, mm-hmm. and so I find it genuinely difficult mm-hmm. to watch. So I don't find it difficult to celebrate people's success. I'm always mm-hmm. happy that it's one of us rather than somebody I don't know. If you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, of course.
0: Like you say, it's a human thing, and I'm—I don't—I've never apologized for it. It's like I want to do those jobs that I want to do,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and when I don't mm-hmm. get them, it hurts. Yeah. And if somebody else get them, it hurts, and whether I know them or not, it hurts. and so if i if I know them, it's kind of better sweet to be totally honest, yeah. like, you know,
2: yeah, and it requires for me it requires some self examination of well, did they work harder for it? Um, and if they did then um. Then I, then I feel I need to work harder the next time. And also then really be genuinely happy for them because they deserve it. Yeah. You know?
0: Um, what do you think? That's one difficult thing about being an actor. Um, going through auditions is another. Yeah. Um, making 11 is probably the biggest one what is the hardest thing for you about being an actor
2: um i would say self self doubt um because the things that i love right are Uh, Telling stories. Having people either see themselves or get an understanding about someone else's experience. Um, Being with my tribe. um, Meeting new people. Sort of all these... There's a whole list. But... I would say going through this, this thing of questioning, like, am I good enough? That I don't know, maybe I would feel it in different industries. I don't know if I became a lawyer or a doctor, whether I would go through that on a day-to-day basis, but somehow I feel like I wouldn't. Um, But I think being an actor, having to constantly present yourself and have other people and ask other people to tell you whether you're enough makes you question whether you're enough. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and then you're expected at the end of the audition to be like, well, it doesn't matter whether they think I'm enough or not because I am enough. And, you know, then you do your, like, Jack Handy, Jack Handling, whatever his name was, little skit at the end with, you know, Saturday Night Live. And you're like, gosh darn it, people like me. <laughs> whatever. And then you go about the rest of your day. And, you know, in terms of auditions, for the most part, I'm able to do that. But, um, I would say that's the thing that's, that's been the hardest of, of like working through self-doubt. And it's not once I get the project, that's not, that's not my, that's not the period that I'm dealing with. It's when you're not getting the project. Yeah. It's when I'm out of work. And and then pushing myself to be like, okay, well you need to work through this because you need to eat. Um and and because I have a consistent job, um because I'm not starving, I think that holds me back a little bit too. Yeah.
0: Have you ever thought of a giving up?
2: Um, yeah, name of the day. I mean, um, the problem is, I don't know what the plan B would be.
0: Well, here's the thing you just said how having a job has sometimes held you back, it's also maybe kept you going because if it wasn't for the, the paralegal thing and being able to pay your bills regardless, maybe you might have given up already.
2: Yeah, it's it's weird, it's kept me like kept one foot in and one foot out, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, where I've been able to say, like, I'm an actor, the audition, but it's also with a little bit of that upspeed where it's like, I audition, you know? Um,
0: <laughs> Volley girl. Just the Volley girl intonation.
2: Right? Yeah, I audition. audition.
0: <laughs> yeah. <totally.
2: laughs> I audition. Um... <laughs> But really, I, I've I've tried to think of what the plan B is. You know, sometimes I think maybe I'd be a kindergarten teacher because I love little kids. Mm. Um.
0: I think you'd be amazing at that as well.
2: Thank you. Um. But I just I, it's not one of those things where you'd hear like. De Niro or Pacino or someone like really intense where it's like, if you could be anything else and you should do it, you know, not like, you know, that always like freaked me out because I don't know. I was like, well, maybe I could do something else. Um, But yeah, I've definitely thought about it because I'm not getting any younger and I'm not, I'm also not consistently working. So, Mm. you know, at some point you have to, or I have to be like, well, I can't sustain this and I don't want to be at my job forever. I'm not happy.
0: Right. So, so what's the plan? And then
2: that freaked me out.
0: Yeah. Um, Do you consider yourself successful? No. Would Your younger self agree with that judgment. Yes. Um how do you define success?
2: Um to be a working actor, to be able to um pay your bills. Well, more than that, but be able to pay your bills through your acting work. Mm -hmm. Um, And ideally, be able to enjoy your life through your acting work, like travel, um, you know, enjoy some luxuries through your acting work. And, you know, before it used to be, that I also wanted to be famous, you know, when I was younger, that was something that, that appealed to me. Um, but it, um, but success as I got older was I just really wanted to consistently work as an actor.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and work on good, work on good material with good people with people that I enjoy working with. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an actor
0: downward intonation and, yes. and full yes. confidence.
2: Yes. Full, full stop. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, if you could go back and offer your younger self advice, the younger self that was coming out of your MFA mm-hmm. uh, and, Expecting so much,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and that's not to lead the advice that you're about to give. But what might it? What advice might you give that younger woman?
2: Um, don't. This might be vague to my younger self, but. Um... Don't get in your own way, which is in part because uh, don't let self-doubt get in your lap, you know, hold you back. So audition and audition and audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and who knows whether you'll start getting work, but you'll get more comfortable with it. Um, And just put yourself out there. Um, And don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Because you're already used to putting yourself out there on stage. So that's not where your concern is in terms of being vulnerable. It's your concern being vulnerable is in the audition room. So you just need to do it. So do it. Get through it. Get through it. Yeah. Um, And don't let it paralyze you because you need to work.
0: If that younger woman could somehow offer you advice, maybe remind you of something that you've forgotten along the way. What might she want you to remember and hold on to from that former version of yourself?
2: That you've just put yourself through three years of school, through training, Mm -hmm. and that you're excited. You're excited to do this.
0: Hmm.
2: So, take a leap.
0: She might remind you of that.
2: Yeah. To <laughs> take a leap and do this.
0: Um, Laura Gording. Yeah. It's a beautiful name, Laura Gording.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you very much for <laughs> doing this.
2: Oh, can I convey one one thing before you end? Yeah. I'm not completely full of self-doubt. I do have confidence. I think I made it seem like I'm completely full of self-doubt throughout this entire discussion,
0: but I'm not. So yes, that's a, that's a fair point. I don't, I don't think that's come across, but anyway. um, Anyway. Thank you. Final, final question. Yes. Are you in anything at the minute?
2: At the moment? No. Mm
0: -mm. it's the easiest question all of a sudden it's become the easiest question in the world
2: right I would say no I would say no No, Paul Higgins said this week. it's become a
0: great leveler for actors because like anxiety levels his agent told him anxiety levels have dropped because nobody's worried about what everyone else is doing everybody's unemployed
2: no one is yeah and I am part of the same (laughs) club
0: as everyone else it's amazing yeah so um, thank you this
2: has actually been cathartic so thank you
0: so that is the second part of my interview with Laura Gordain. Don't be thinking what I somehow missed the first part. The first part has not gone out yet. The first part was a lockdown theme chat, a bit of a catch-up. So I'm going to put that out. I said it at the top next week, but I'm actually going to put it the week after because I've got Joanna Scanlon's lockdown chat for next week. And I still have to find someone to interview for the podcast. So like I said... Please do suggest people and tag them on Twitter if you think someone would make a particularly good interview. I'm all ears. Before I go, I just have one more thing to do, and that is to just mention the ACAST support scheme. I'm not going to beg here. I just wanted to explain why it's there at the top of the show. ACAST launched a support scheme just at the same time as I was wondering how the hell am I going to keep on doing this, but also really wanting to keep this going throughout lockdown and possibly beyond. Uh, I looked into sponsorship very quickly It's just not feasible at the moment The way things are Obviously today techs have other things on their mind And my podcast is not one of them So with all that in mind It just seemed like The only way forward was to do that So there's no pressure on it The podcast as I've always said Will always be free to listen to Every single episode That's not under threat But it was just a way of finding some support to continue to do this. So anyway, thanks for listening. There's another episode out today, a lockdown-themed episode, with Owen O'Keehan, who is a Sunday Times best-selling author and one of Britain's leading psychotherapists. It's well worth a listen. And then next week, I've already let slip. We've got Joanna Scanlon back, so loads to look forward to. Thanks for joining me this time. Stay alert.